0: Hey everybody. In this episode, we are going over the seven best ideas from the accidental superpower by Peter Zion. And this book was featured in the Navy reading program. That's why I picked it up. I was preparing to give an interview with Peter Zion. So, for the podcast that I was doing for the Navy, We wanted to talk to Peter Zion, get his take on the ideas in the book, and that's what caused me to pick this up and really dig into the ideas, and I was completely blown away. I had not studied his work before. I was not very aware of the power of geography in the modern world, and that's so much of what this book is about. I think the ideas are fascinating. I think they're extremely valuable to any professional who wants to succeed in the world, and I think you're really going to enjoy this summary. So here it is, the seven best ideas from the accidental superpower by Peter Zion the idea number one is that the Bretton Woods system has brought about a world where the US and the US Navy is controlling trade on the seas and is thus shaping the entire world the entire world's policies the entire world's functioning the entire world's economy because so much happens on the water and so much is now controlled by the US and the US Navy and this Bretton Woods system came about right after World War II. All the major world leaders got together in Bretton woods new hampshire and they hammered out this deal where the plan was that the u.s would keep all of the seas safe for free trade so that things could be moving coming and going people could be moving their goods across the seas and the u.s navy would be out there making sure that everything was functioning smoothly and safely and keeping track of everybody out there and that changed the way that business was done, that changed the way that different countries interacted, that changed the global market, and that system is now foundational to the way that the world does business. Key idea number two, and this one makes sense considering that Peter Zion is a geopolitical strategist, is that geography still matters. In a world where we think we do everything over the internet, Geography is still a huge player, and it's a huge force in what has shaped the world as we know it, especially the powers of the U.S. This idea of the accidental superpower, the title of this book, that's that the U.S. has become such a superpower because of our amazing geography. One thing in particular Peter points out is the balance of transport. That means that we have this incredible system where inside of our country we can transport goods very easily we can move things about we have lots of rivers lots of systems now we have big highways as well we are moving things inside this country with no problem and yet at the same time we are flanked on the east and the west by big oceans which are harder for people to come and attack so we move very well internally and yet we have very good borders that keep us safe and that has been one major geographical factor that has allowed us to flourish as a country key idea number three Is that demographics matter too so when you look at the way that countries are aging you look at our baby boomer population they're enormous they're this big bunch and they are now starting to step into a retirement phase where they're no longer big spenders they're no longer consumers they're no longer buying lots of cars and houses and taking debt and having babies and things like that that move the economy that drive this consumption based economy instead they're now into a phase where they are drawing down that capital they're taking it back for themselves to spend on their retirement and they're not generating new things and not going back to work, they're retiring. This could have a big effect because of the way that those demographics compare to the younger generations, the smaller generations that are buying the cars, the houses, having kids, spending, consuming, but those generations are smaller. Across the world this is happening and in many countries they're even experiencing this in a bigger degree than we do here in the states. These demographics matter and they affect people because then you have to raise the taxes up on the younger generation to make up for the lack of spending, to make up for these differences in the demographics. So these demographics are a major factor. They are still in play. And yet, amazingly enough, here in the US, we're actually gonna rebound from this. It'll be up to my generation, the millennials. We're gonna come through, so there's gonna be the boomers, and then Gen X is a little smaller, but then we're a little bigger as a generation, and hopefully we will be there to make things balance out in the end. And in the meantime, this will be a blip in the radar for the American economic system compared to other countries which may be crushed by this, which may have serious issues with their aging generation, with their demographics, with their tax situation. Key idea number four is that one of those countries that could really struggle with this is our neighbors to the north, Canada. Canada actually has an amazing dichotomy where they are a rich country in so many ways, they have so many resources, But they also have so many geographical barriers that break them down into different chunks throughout Canada. So it's actually very hard for much of Canada to work together and be coordinated and to function at their best economically. This, combined with their aging demographics, makes for increased taxes, especially on Alberta. Alberta is a very, very wealthy province. Only Luxembourg has higher income per capita than Alberta. Alberta is a very, very wealthy place and therefore Alberta is going to need to make up for some of this burden that comes when other provinces are aging, other provinces are needing the Albertans to pay more and more taxes to keep taking care of the difference that comes from these demographics, that comes from the things that are not being generated economically in other places. This could drive Alberta to actually need to separate from Canada or even become the 51st state in the union. We'll see if that happens in the future, but. Peter Zahn makes a very strong argument for why it could and would happen and why that would even be in Alberta's best interest to do right away. Key idea number five is that that drug war that's down south of our border, down in Mexico with the cartel, it's not going to stay there. Peter Zion suggests that that war is actually spreading already, that the cartels understand the economics of the movement of drugs and they're already moving up the supply chain looking at countries that are making the cocaine in the first place and looking down the supply chain, down to the places in the US, the major hubs where these drugs are being sent and sold and they're getting in on all the action to manage that chain better to make sure that they can work out the economic efficiencies of this system and have their turf and make more money on the process of selling drugs around the world and especially in the US. So we could see the Mexican drug war become a North American drug war very soon. Key idea number six is that we are becoming less and less dependent on the world's oil. We are getting better and better at finding our own oil here in the US and using it. And with the advent of 3D printing, we are now reducing the need for the oil because we're reducing the need to ship things around the world to get them here. We have a world now where our consumption and our manufacturing can happen in the same place, wherever that 3D printer is. And he explains all the things that this takes out of the pipeline. On page 139 points out that if we have 3D printing, we cut out the Arab shipping company, the assembly facility in Vietnam, the component manufacturer in Korea, the steel foundry in Russia, and even the Mexican truck company. All of these things come together when we co-locate manufacturing and consumption. When we have 3D printing, when we are printing something in the same place where it needs to be purchased, then boom, we take out so much shipping and therefore we take out so much dependence on oil. He suggests that to the tune of a decrease of 50,000 barrels per day of global oil consumption because of 3D printing. So we are becoming less and less dependent on the rest of the world for oil. And that leads us to key idea number seven. And that's that the Straits of Hormuz are no longer something that we need to protect for our own sake. We're protecting it more for our partners now because we are not so dependent on the oil in the world And now our partners are, so we still protect the Straits of Hormuz to get oil moving out of there, to get it to our partners economically, but we as the U.S. no longer are so dependent on having that function. This is something that makes for a very fragile position when we don't need to keep it all going and brings us back to point number one, the Bretton Woods Agreement. Do we really need to keep all of these shipping lanes protected for the rest of the world? Does the U.S. Navy need to have the same sort of presence that it has in the world right now? Do we need to hold these same roles? Do we need to keep putting ourselves there, putting out our own energy, economics, people, all of these things that the U.S. does to keep this global system going? Or will we need to pull back, especially when we do have things, hiccups in the economy, recessions, issues with demographics, all of these things that he points to in the book make a case that the U.S. is very strong on its own and may not need to have the same role where we are taking care of so many things around the world. We may become more nationalized. We may have to take a deeper look at ourselves and focus on making more things safe and effective in America rather than looking out to the rest of the world. Overall, it's a fascinating bunch of ideas. This book was a challenge for me. It was a little different than what I normally read, but I'm glad I read it. It's given me a whole new perspective. And if you want to help us get more great guests like Peter Zion on this show, then be sure to leave a review, especially on iTunes. That's a huge help. And I'll catch you next time.